We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome into Candlestick Chronicles, a 49ers podcast on the Blue Wire Podcast Network. I'm Kyle Madsen. I write about the 49ers over at NinersWire.com, part of the USA Today Sports Media Group. Joining me in a bit is Chris Biederman of the Sacramento Bee. And as always, we are sponsored by Oakley. Express your style and build a look that's made for you right now with Oakley. Head to oakley.com. Chris and I are going to be rocking our Oakleys this weekend on the golf course. I can't wait to take a photo, bro. It's going to be so dope. Hopefully I'm we're playing be wearing my Baxters. They look like the Ricky Henderson style. We're we're going to be playing in San Francisco. So hopefully we need sunglasses. <laughs> I'm dude there. I'm wearing them regardless. Okay. Regardless. Yeah. I mean, when you're Polo, really, when you're hat. really trying oh, to track that ball flight, it's, it's might be a little bit tough to wear sunglasses when it's like cloudy out. No, no, I think it's going to make it better for me. <laughs> okay, great. Well, it's not going to ma- like, when you're striping it down the middle of the fairway every time, you don't like ball flight is not sure. as big of a deal. Sure. So I was thinking of going all chipping wedge. The whole way? Just all 60 degree wedge the whole game. Yeah, that would be uh that would be a long day for you. <laughs> it's cart path it's only. Anyway. It's, what are we doing? <laughs> yeah, we might uh we might get yelled at by the marshal. Cart path only and Kyle's smacking 80 degree shot or 80 yard shots <laughs> like surf <laughs> <Every> please <laughs> <laughs> he's not gonna yell at me because i'm gonna look sick as hell in, in my oakley's. brand new yeah, oakley's and because it's almost officially summer that means you need to upgrade your sunglass game now just like i did just like chris did check out just like debo samuel has by the way he's an oakley athlete check out oakley.com to get yourself a pair today and if you don't like any of those styles check out the holbrooks i'm gonna go back to those every time i might even wear those at the golf. i might bring multiple pairs of glasses at the golf course and just change them as I go. I'm bringing them just for the photo op, regardless of how cloudy it is. We're taking photos in, in the Oakleys because... In fact, I think it'd be even better if it's not sunny out and we're just out there in our shades. Right. Let's just do it far away from the clubhouse so nobody sees us doing that. <laughs> d- d- dude, totally. We're going to find a, a really dope spot at, at Harding where we're playing. So Oakley offers, and this is the reason I'm going to wear these, and these are going to help me track my ball flight is that prism lens technology. It's going to work in the sunlight. It's going to work in the clouds. It's not going to matter. What the hell is that, you ask? Well, you can head to oakley.com right now to learn more, but it's a proprietary technology to Oakley and available for everyday settings as well. And I know you want to know more, so go to oakley.com. And while you're there, get yourself a pair of everyday glasses. They'll be sure to change your look for the better. When you wear Oakley, there really is more than meets the eye, Chris. And don't trust me. 
try for yourself, which I know you are. I've worn a lot of sunglass brands in my life, but I'm never going to again. I'm all Oakley from here on out, baby, because Oakley is not only the best looking, but the best quality out there. Head on over to Oakley.com today for more information. Connor Orr of Sports Illustrated made some predictions about the 49ers. Some bold predictions. He made bold predictions about the whole league, but four of them included the 49ers. We're going to talk about those predictions right now. Let's dive in. Hey, this is George Kittle, and you're listening to Candlestick Chronicles. It's not your birthday today as we're doing this, but when the pod comes out, it'll be your birthday. And in the off chance that a listener knows it's your birthday and they're listening and they're like, wow, Kyle didn't even mention Chris's birthday on his birthday. What a dick. I just wanted to make sure that that doesn't happen. So happy early birthday to you, man. Thanks, man. It would. Th- I think there, there's a very uh, there's a very small number of listeners that I think know my birthday. So I don't think that would have been an issue. Pete, the homie Pete. <laughs> I don't. Yeah, Pete. Pete might know. I'm not really on Facebook anymore, so I don't know if people are still like tracking that right. stuff. But um, no, man. Thank you. I appreciate that. Um, this time of year is always fun because it's like right around. Like I'm really lucky to like have my birthday around a three day weekend. Like Memorial Day weekend is always typically fun. It wasn't super fun last weekend, but I'm gonna make up for it this weekend. I had to work last weekend, do some other things. But sorry to pull some like JC. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, no, thank you. I appreciate it. I'm, uh, yeah, you're I'm welcome. getting, I'm getting old. If I were, if I were writing about me as an athlete, I would be like, dude, it's time to retire. You are super washed. Stop trying to steal that contract from, from your next team. But that's the thing is you're not an athlete. You're a sports writer and podcaster. So really 47 is like your prime. Not that. Old. So you sit there and you're like, if I was an athlete, I'd be so old. And I'm like, bro. You're not. You're just entering your prime. You're 56 years old. <laughs> just get older as the as the podcast goes on. Yeah. No, I appreciate that. But no, Thank it's you. true. All right, let's move on. People don't want moving to on. My birthday. Yeah, no. Then nobody <laughs> nobody gives a damn. So Connor Orr of Sports Illustrated made a bunch of predictions about the NFL season. He made a hundred to be exact. First one I want to get to off the rip. There's four that involve the 49ers. One of them being that they're going to go to the Super Bowl. A couple interesting notes there. But one of them is that 49ers legend Tristan Vizcaino is going to lead the league in touchback percentage. Chris, your thoughts. Did the 49ers make a mistake letting Tristan Vizcaino get away? Yeah, I've written it down on my legal pad. You know, like the yellow legal pad. I don't have it here. It's in the living room. But um, to track Vizcaino's kickoff numbers. uh, So I'm excited to see. I'm not... I'm not going to be the only one doing that this year. Yeah, I will be doing the exact same thing. The Jake Moody v. Zane Gonzalez battle, irrelevant. The Jake Moody v. Tristan Vizcaino battle, tune into Candlestick Chronicles all year. We'll be all over it. No, so Connor Orr's first 49ers prediction 
says that they are going to go to the Super Bowl and they were going to lose to the Bengals. For the first time in Super Bowl history, the 49ers will fall to the Bengals. You pointed out something interesting in his little write-up about that that I think I would like to start with. The floor is yours. Yeah, he said basically he wrote a graph about it, and I'm not going to read off the whole graph, but one sentence stuck out was that the 49ers have enough options at the quarterback position to make sure they aren't stuck in the title game with Christian McCaffrey and the Wildcat, which is basically saying, like, even if Brock Purdy's not healthy, Connor Orr has enough belief in whatever the the 49ers have at quarterback to still be good enough to contend in the NFC. And certainly Mm -hmm. that's a product of the NFC probably not being nearly as loaded at quarterback as the AFC. So like the playoff run, you know, Jalen Hurts, Kirk Cousins, Dak Prescott, what have you is not the same gauntlet as Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson, uh, Joe Burrow, whoever else, right, is in the AFC. So like, I think that's interesting. Like that's, I think you and I are of the same mind that like Kyle Shanahan has created an offense that can be quarterback proof to an extent, right? Like you can field a very good, if not elite regular season offense, you could win playoff games, but maybe your ceiling is a little bit lower when you don't have a quarterback playing at elite level. Like when you have an offense functioning at an elite level that has to me, and I think it's borne out over the last few years in watching the 49ers in these high leverage playoff games, a high-functioning offense, an elite offense, has a ceiling that's lower than a team with an elite quarterback in those key yes. moments, right? Yes. So that's ultimately been the difference between the 49ers and, you know, like the Chiefs or the other teams that have won Super Bowls. Mm-hmm. Even the Rams, Matt Stafford was playing at an elite level a couple of years ago. Yeah. So... The 49ers having enough, like, I just think that that's probably the most interesting that he wrote about the 49ers was like, the 49ers are going to get to the Super Bowl. Sure, because they have a really good roster, but mentioning that even, you know, they have enough options at the quarterback position to make sure they aren't stuck in the title game with Christian McCaffrey and the Wildcat indicates to me, even if Brock Purdy is not the starter for all 17 regular season games, whether it's Trey Lance or Sam Darnold, Connor believes that the 49ers have a good enough situation there to get back to the Super Bowl. And this goes back to the podcast we did yesterday. That despite the fact that the Niners didn't make any huge splashes in the offseason, they're still really freaking good. And despite the fact that we don't know exactly who's going to be the starter in week one, they're still really, really good. And would it would it shock you if the Eagles took a little bit of a step back this year? No, because we see it happen all the time, right? Right. We see Except elite- with the Chiefs. Yeah, well, except with the Chiefs, and that's the thing, because they have that quarterback. Right, and the Eagles might, too. Yeah, but, like, you know, we saw it even in 2020. The revenge tour wasn't much of a revenge tour once the regular season started. That was tough. Like, that can, you know, a team that loses the Super Bowl is, I think, a 50-50, a 50-50 bet to be anywhere near the level they were the, the year prior, right? Sure. And I know the Eagles have had a great offseason and on paper they're loaded and we just saw them beat the 49ers in the playoffs and, you know, compete with the Chiefs in the Super Bowl and all that. Mm -hmm. So not trying to take anything away from them, but, you know, what's on paper in May or I guess June and what happens during the regular season are not always the same thing. 
Yeah, I think that the whole, like, whether the 49ers win or lose the Super Bowl, I think is, that's super hard to predict because the Super Bowl can come down to a missed call here, a bad bounce of the ball there, a missed tackle here. There's so many things that can can happen in a one-game scenario. But I do think it's interesting that <clears throat> he has this 49ers team after they were panned all offseason for drafting a kicker in the third round and Sam Darnold and all this, that he still has them landing at the top of the NFC. And I think that's kind of bringing everything back. And I think when we get past the preseason, assuming that everybody's for the most part healthy, when we get past the preseason and we're ready to kick off week one and the offseason stuff is behind us and now we're looking forward at, okay, what team is this? Is What roster is this team putting out? I think it's all going to come back to, oh yeah, the Niners are one of the, two best teams in the NFC and maybe one of the five best teams in the NFL. Can I do a first take thing for you? Oh, yes. Are we optimistic about the 49ers because the 49ers are really good or because the NFC is pretty bad? Ooh. <laughs> both. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I was, I was going to ride the fence and say, yeah, probably a combination of both. I think it's more, I think it's more that, the Niners are good because they've, they've to me gotten the benefit of the doubt that they're going to figure out how to win games down the stretch. And for the most part, save for the chiefs game last year, they passed basically every test that was thrown at them. And the 49ers are one of those teams that I think the chiefs are an exception because of their quarterback I think the Bills are probably an exception because of their quarterback, or at least how their quarterback is perceived. I think the Eagles are going to reach this point. But the Niners are one of those teams that, even last year, through the regular season, it was they haven't been tested yet. Remember, that was the whole thing in 2019. Oh, they haven't been tested. And then in 2021, they got hot at the end of the year, but they haven't been tested yet. They haven't beat a good team. If you're constantly playing a schedule where you don't play that many teams that are better than you. (laughs) There's only 17 games and six of those are against the same opponent or two, six of those are against two opponent. You get what I mean? That's a a good point. That's a a good way to put it. So if you're, yeah, if you're playing a schedule, and every week it's, oh, well, this is not a test. Like, all right, well, then, it was it a test for the other team? <laughs> so that's, I, I, I don't think any team is looking at the 49ers game on their calendar. You know, Cowboys, Eagles, or otherwise, going, can't wait to play the Niners. I'm sure the Eagles feel really confident, but I promise they're not super excited about playing that game. Yeah, to your point, just by logic, like if you're better than every team you play, you're probably one of the best teams in the league. <laughs> right. Even if even if you're only better than the teams you're playing, you're a top like what is that? 15 team, 16 team? I don't I don't know. 
Yeah, no, it's just funny, like, because inherently, like, oh, they haven't played anybody. Well, it's like, yeah, they're better than, you know, 12 opponents that they've had. So where does that place them in the league? Like, probably relatively high. Oh, no, they <laughs> lost to the Chiefs. Yeah. yeah, no, I... Oh, they failed that test. I mean, that's okay. ultimately the question, right? Is, like, can the rest of the team, can Kyle Shanahan, can the skill guys, can the defense, really the defense, be good enough to thwart a team like the chiefs or the bills or the Bengals that has an elite quarterback, which ultimately lifts mm-hmm. the ceiling against a great defense. Yeah. Cause that, that's the thing for me, like ultimately, and that's why we talk about the quarterback position so much is because the difference in these moments, these season defining championship type moments, whether it's the NFC championship game or the super bowl has been about, no, that the other team's quarterback just played better mm-hmm. down the stretch or during the important parts of games, right? Look at look at the Eagles Chiefs game this past Super Bowl. Yeah, the game swinging play was Jalen Hurts inexplicably dropping the football, and the Chiefs returning it for a touchdown. Like yeah. that game, that play turned that game on its head, and it was one quarterback just making a catastrophic mistake. That's the margin at that position. And when you've got Patrick Mahomes against Brock Purdy, <laughs> you understand why. Right. You understand why if, oh, this is going to come down to the quarterback making an individually brilliant play. You understand why that leans Chiefs. How do you feel about the Joe Burrow Bengals half of this Connor Orr prediction? It kind of feels like the Bengals are in the same spot as the Niners, right? Except they have their quarterback. Well, they have their quarterback for sure, but they went to a Super Bowl that they feel like they probably should have won. And then that was dominated by an interior defensive lineman at the end of the game. And one particular receiver torching them. But other than that, they keep running into this wall in the playoffs. And I, just, I think that's probably, I, I don't think it's nuts to think that they get over the hump this year. The Bengals just very un- underrated defensively. And that's why if they go into a game against the Niners, I don't even think like Joe Burrow v. Brock Purdy or Trey Lance or Sam Darnold. I don't want to alienate anybody here. <laughs> Joe Burrow v. 49ers quarterback would be less of a concern to me than 49ers quarterback v. Bengals defense. Yeah. Because I think the Bengals defensively are really, really good. I said the Bengals have their quarterback. What I meant by that, because I think people will be like, well, there's other quarterback in Brock Purdy. My take on Brock Purdy is not that I don't think he can do it. I just need to see more from Brock Purdy to be like, oh, yeah, he's a Super Bowl winning quarterback. I need I'm, more than seven games. That's yeah. All. No, I'm I'm right there with you. I need to see and, what he looks like post-surgery. Yeah, and and the point being is that, like, I think unequivocally Joe Burrow can and potentially will win Super Bowls, or a Super Bowl at least. Yeah, I'm not saying that about Brock Purdy just yet after after one season. Yeah, I'm right there. Kyle Shanahan might be saying it, but what does he know? Let's move on. Christian McCaffrey will become the first back since 2006 to surpass 20 rushing touchdowns. Now, I did some research on this. So as Connor Orr notes, 
Ladanian Tomlinson in 2006 when he had 28 rushing touchdowns, which is unfathomable in my brain. Just how much the game has changed. The idea of one player having 28 rushing touchdowns does not compute. But that was the last time to do it. Only nine players have had seasons with 20 or more rushing touchdowns. It's happened 11 times, but Priest Holmes and Emmett Smith both did it twice. And Priest Holmes, one of those times, had 20 exactly. So to eclipse the 20 mark, which is what Connor Orr's prediction is, McCaffrey would need would be the 11th. That would be the 11th time in NFL history. In NFL history, that a player has done that. So I would think. Like uh, let's go back. Christian McCaffrey's best season in the NFL came in 2019. He was 23 years old. He had mm-hmm. almost 2,400 yards from scrimmage and scored yep. 19 total touchdowns. He had right. four receiving touchdowns and 15 rushing touchdowns. Correct. I don't think it would be crazy to say. I think Christian McCaffrey is going to score 20 touchdowns total. Yeah. Because if you're you know factoring in what do you have this last year. He had 13 total, five receiving. So say he just had, I don't know, six or seven. So in, could he get in, to 13, 14 rushing touchdowns if he's healthy? Yeah, I think so. I think 20 rushing touchdowns is is crazy. You think it's crazy? 20 rushing touchdowns, I think is crazy. If you told me 20 total touchdowns, I think there's a pretty good chance. Because if he gets 20 so, rushing touchdowns, you know he's also going to have some receiving touchdowns. And then we're talking about like a 23, 24 touchdown season. And that to me is like, yeah. uh, that's a okay. lot. So McCaffrey, as you said, had six rushing touchdowns in 11 games with the Niners last year. But remember, he had that knee issue and he didn't score any between weeks 11 and 13. But as he got acclimated to the offense from weeks 14 through 17, he had a touchdown in each game. So for a full season, that's 14 touchdowns. Total. 14 rushing touchdowns. 14. Okay. Yeah, I'm sorry. He had a rushing touchdown in each of those four games. And so that's a full season pace of 14 touchdowns. So, I'm sorry, that was, let me back up. That was in the final five games. He had four rushing touchdowns in those five games. Got it. 14 rushing touchdowns over a full season. So I think the argument would be the arrow is trending up in that direction. His knee issue is allegedly behind him. There aren't a lot of running backs on the roster who are liable to take carries from him. I think in an ideal world, Elijah Mitchell will have some, and then Jordan Mason and, and Ty Davis Price will will be in the mix. But I think early in games, it's going to be a lot of Christian McCaffrey. And he is such a red zone threat that he should be on the field in the red zone because of what he can do as a receiver. And suddenly he's getting all these touches inside the five or inside the 10 and we're sitting there in week 17 and oh, he has 19 rushing touchdowns. He would need 1.2 rushing touchdowns a game to get to 21. So is nobody else on the Niners going to score a touchdown this year though? Yes. Christian McCaffrey is <laughs> going to score all the TDs. Okay. All right. If Christian McCaffrey scores every Niners <laughs> touchdown, then, then I think 20 rushing is what if, is... No, I, I, I think it's I think it's a fun thing to think about and it's fun to theorize on what that would look like. But I wouldn't call it likely. Is it possible? Like sure. But I wouldn't 
throw if I'm throwing ten dollars on something, I'm not gonna probably throw ten dollars on that if I'm betting on it. So But what if let me throw this at you. Okay. What if Trey Lance starts week one? And he's so good and Brock Purdy is really struggling to come back. And Sam Darnold just is Sam Darnold and Trey Lance is the guy. And by week six, we get a fully realized version of what the 49ers offense was going to look like with Trey Lance at under center. Would you give me 20 rushing tutties for Christian McCaffrey in that scenario? It's a lot. It's so many. (laughs) (laughs) The Niners had 20 rushing touchdowns as a team last year. And thinking, Christian McCaffrey basically did all that work at the end of the season. That, that was, they had 20 rushing touchdowns, which was fifth in the NFL. Eagles led with 32. Cowboys had 24. Lions had 23. Sneaky Lions rushing. Yeah, DeAndre Swift touchdowns. had a huge year last year. Um, New York Giants had 21 rushing touchdowns. So it's just a lot, man. I just think he's, I, I think there are too many mouths to feed. If he were like really the only guy on offense, I think it would be a possibility. I just think 20 touchdowns, 20 rushing touchdowns specifically is a lot. I think, like I said, if it was 20 total touchdowns, I'd find that a little bit more, more feasible. Um, but again, like Debo's well, Debo's going to score six to eight. If he's healthy, right. Brandon Ayuk is going to score something around there. Like, George, George Kittle's, Kittle's become score. really effective in the red zone. Yeah. So like, you know, there, I just think there might be too many mouths to feed for McCaffrey to get that many rushing touchdowns specifically. George Kittle had more red zone receiving touchdowns in the last two years than he had in his first four years combined. Wow. But to your point about mouths to feed, the Niners passing offense so clearly leveled up with Brock Purdy under center. And it's really clear that Kyle Shanahan trusts him to throw the ball more. And so I think if he's starting week one, I think a full season of Brock Purdy, unless he regresses, which he he might. We've talked about that on the pod. But if he let's let's go to the world where he takes a step forward. I don't think the Niners are going to be twenty six in pass attempts. I think they're gonna I think they're gonna put the ball in the air a little bit. That would be interesting. That would be really I don't think it, it, I don't think they're going to lead the league in pass attempts or anything, but it wouldn't shock me if they were up in the in the 19 to 20 range. Cuz they're yeah. usually down in that in that bottom 5 or 8. So, God, do you know Brock Purdy's touchdown percentage last year? Like it was, percentage of his throws. It was outrageous, and, wasn't it? Like 8.5%. It was 7 7.6%. Yeah. Outrageous. It's a good number. No, and his ability to extend plays and all the and and like George Kittle is hard to cover in a scramble draw. Brandon I use hard to cover in a scramble draw. Christian McCaffrey is really, really good at, at getting open. And I think the Niners are going to take a lot of advantage of that. And then if you want to throw in Braden Willis or Cameron Latsu, one of their rookie tight ends, if one of those guys shows any kind of flash as a pass catcher. And now they can go two tight end sets where they can run or throw out of them. And you're making defenses go heavy and try and cover Kittle and McCaffrey and whichever one of those rookie tight end. Kyle Juszczyk. Kyle Juszczyk, of course. Well, 22 personnel action. Yeah, I just, there's a, 
there's a very easy path to chart where the Niners have a passing offense that's really, really hard to stop. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. So, I'm I'm not betting on Christian McCaffrey 20 or more rushing touchdowns. I would bet I would bet against it. It it is a bold prediction. These are bold predictions. Right. I respect I, I respect the the chutzpah it takes to to make to make such a prediction. Yeah. And you can you can chart a path to it a little bit. If you're gonna pick a player to do that, he's probably the one. Unless you really like Rashad Penny or whatever in, in Philly, but <laughs> hey, you know what would be fun? And I might do this at Niners Wire. Hmm. Do something in the range of eight Niners predictions, but then just all have them be really obvious. <laughs> Kyle Shanahan will survive the season. Yeah. <laughs> Jake Moody is the opening day kicker. <laughs> The 49ers will not trade Brandon Ayuk by the trade deadline. Yeah, just stuff that's not. It's not George Kittle will make the team. <laughs> Nick Post <laughs> is going to start. <laughs> 49ers predictions. Bold predictions are later. The Niners won't go winless. Mark that down. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, Connor Orr's next, and again, this is Connor Orr from from Sports Illustrated. His next prediction is, this is from Connor Orr's Sports Illustrated. He is not with us. That's what we were talking about. 49er safety Talanoa Hufanga will lead the NFL in interceptions. I don't think that this is the one. If the Niners could pick one of these to come true, they're not picking the Super Bowl one because they lose the Super Bowl. The Christian McCaffrey one, I don't think they're picking because Kyle Shanahan, I think, would tear his hair out running an offense that was that centered around one dude. <laughs> so I don't think I think they would take this one where Talano Hufanga is leading the NFL in picks. 
The hmm. league, so he had four last year. The league leader was six. And Patrick Peterson and Minka Fitzpatrick both had six, and now they share a secondary. Another one of the guys, Tariq Woolen, and this is something that Orpol uh, pointed out. He was a rookie last year and had five or six. And he believes that Woolen will not be tested as often this year, which I'll buy. I think the bigger deal here, though, is whether Talano Hufanga leads the league in picks or not. If he's up in that range where he has four, five, six, something like that, that's so good for the Niners defense. They're a different team when they turn the ball over. Yeah. Like they're basically impossible to beat when they've been when they win the turnover right. battle. Right. Um, so yeah, I, I would agree. I, I think it's possible. I think generally I think Talano Hufunga made a lot of splash plays and made a lot of great plays. Mm-hmm. I also think he took a lot of risks and he there were some times where he was just flat out out of position because he was trying to make a play. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of the challenge for him is to find that balance where you're still being aggressive and making plays, but not being out of position and giving up big plays because we saw right. that happen from time to time. I think there was one in the chiefs game. There was one in the Raiders game. Um, Bears. Where, yeah. And he just talked about having bad eyes and just, mm-hmm. you know, not, not being in the right spot or not making the right reads um, from, from the safety spot. And so while I think he's a great player in and around the box, I think he's sort of a high variance player when he has to be in coverage or deep down the field. So that's not to say that he couldn't do it. I'm just, that's just kind of my take on Hufanga. And sure. Listen, when you have as good of a linebacking core and as good of a pass rush as the 49ers have, I think that allows Hufunga to take more risks. Mm-hmm. And ultimately, I think there's absolutely a scenario where he gets six, seven interceptions and, and leads the league. He had four last year, which was, I think, tied for third, the third most. Yeah. So there were a bunch of, there were four or five guys who had six and then a few who had five. Yeah. Yeah. So he was among the big group that had four. Um, so yeah, I th- I think it's absolutely possible. Tayshawn Gibson led the four yards with five. Our guy yeah. Tayshawn Gibson. Yeah. Um, the thing the thing that's frustrating with Hufanga, just real quick, is the the play against the Bears that he gave up the long touchdown to Dante Pettis was a play where he was on the near side of the field. And Justin Fields starts to roll out to the far side, and Hufanga takes off after the quarterback while he's deep on the opposite side of the field. He just left that spot. And as we know very well, you cannot leave Dante Pettis unattended. You do not leave Dante Pettis on an island. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Been saying it for years. (laughs) No, so, so... The one he gave up against the Raiders was the same deal. You have Jarrett Stidham rolling out to the near sideline with, I think it was Aziz Alshire or Dre Greenlaw bearing down on him. And Hufanga just sprints up like, I got this. Like, no, 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 man. That's not you. So I think he can eliminate those plays you're talking about without eliminating his ability to take the ball away. Because on plays like that, he's just flying up 
with reckless abandon. And it's not, oh, he gambled for an interception and didn't get it. No, he can still make those plays in the back end, and I think he will. Like, even if you watch him at USC, he was just around the football all the time. Part of why the Niners took him. Yeah. So I think he's going to do that regardless. It's eliminating those plays where he's trying to make a play where he just has no chance. And then gives up a big play over the top. Yeah. That's the kind of stuff he's got to eliminate. Yeah. And if he does, he's... I mean, he he was an all-pro last year, but if he does that, like, I think there are a lot of people who are like, uh, yeah, he was good. I don't know if he was an all-pro. I think if he eliminated those big plays that he gives up some, from time to time or that he gave up last year, he's he's definitely an all-pro type player. Yeah. If he's I if he's totally making agree. those plays that we've that we've seen him make also. Yeah, and I think he will. He's a instinctual, really aggressive player. And the 49ers are like going to have one of the best, if not the best pass rushes in the NFL. So, yeah. And I, I also hurt. think that the Steve Wilkes factor comes in here too. A really accomplished, really well-respected defensive backs coach. I think he's going to make sure that players like Talano Hufanga are taking steps forward. And I think Hufanga is going to be receptive to that and put together another really good year. Whether he leads the league in interceptions again, who knows? But if he's up there with four, five, six interceptions, it means good things for the Niners defense. Can I do a quick aside? Please. Did, did you hear Brandon Ayuk say Jair Brown has like four or five picks so far in OTAs? I did see that. And did you see that Brandon Ayuk is his locker mate? I did not see that either. You know what this means? Let's put a pin in the predictions real quick. It's time for Oakley Spotlight. Well, we're going to spotlight <laughs> something. This is a really good transition by you. Well, we're going to spotlight something going on in 49ers land, and it is sponsored by Oakley. Head to oakley.com right now. And our spotlight this week, Brandon Ayuk. And it, you clearly have more observations from his presser than I did. But there was a clip going around of his presser where he said, I'm going to take off this year. Like, I'm about to take off. And the only thing I could n- notice in this was how jacked he looked. <laughs> he ser- seriously so i i reached out to to nick wagner friend of the pod our favorite cast member who was in the building and i said dude is this for real or is this a camera angle and he confirmed no he's he's gotten significantly bigger in like the good way it's not like he got fat in the offseason like he looks super buff so best shape of his life who's to say but I already thought Brandon Ayuk was really good and on track to have, I think, another jump this year. But if he's putting in that kind of work in the offseason where he's going to be bigger, maybe breaking more tackles, I, he's going to be really, really hard to stop. I think he's... Um, you and I both predicted before last season that he would lead the 49ers in receiving, which he did. Yeah. Uh, but what here's what Nick said in a tweet. Basically, he mentioned the quote about to take off. Um, believes last year was was the beginning, the the 1,000-yard season. Um, and then Nick wrote, his work in OTA today would seem to confirm that. He was dominant, including a deep ball from Trey Lance for would-be TD. I mean, look, Brandon Ayuk in terms of, like, aside from Nick Bosa, I think you and I made this point at, uh, on a pod months ago. But, like, in terms of players on rookie contracts, not named Nick Bosa, Brandon Ayuk's clearly the best one. Yeah. 
right? Yes. <laughs> so like just from a pure just from a pure talent perspective. Yeah. So Brandon Ayuk has 80 catches for a thousand yards and eight touchdowns, which would be a career year for a lot of players. Mm-hmm. And I think everybody sort of looks at Brandon Ayuk and be like, yeah, he could he could probably get substantially more than that from a production standpoint. Yeah. Right. So yes. like we feel kind of like, oh, Brandon Ayuk's a good player. He hasn't arrived yet. Well, he hasn't arrived yet, but he did just have 80 catches, a thousand yards and eight touchdowns. And he has 20 yeah, as- touchdowns in his first three seasons. So the bar for Brandon Ayuk is extremely high. And I think he can reach it because of how talented he is on top of the surrounding elements in the 49ers offense, maybe excluding the quarterback uncertainty. Although here's a question. Are the four, do, do the 49ers have uncertainty at quarterback? Anyway, that's an aside. <laughs> this is a Brandon Ayuk discussion. It is. But, uh, but no, like if Brandon Ayuk had a 1600 yard season and 115 catches and 12 touchdowns, would you be like stunned? No, because of what I said earlier about how I think the 49ers are going to pass more. 1600 yards is a lot of yards. Say like 1600, but say like 1400, 16, but 1600 yards in 17 games. If the Niners are 19th in pass attempts, that wouldn't, that wouldn't stun me. Need to look at the receiver, especially if, especially if you have, Okay, George Kittle is unavailable for a couple games, and Debo Samuel is unavailable for a couple games, and Brandon Ayuk is just kind of the guy. And then they're playing a bunch of games against against really good teams there down the stretch. They have the Jags in there, they have the Ravens in there, they have the Eagles in there, where they may need to throw it a little bit more, where they're not going to be able to win twenty-one to thirteen. No, it wouldn't for me. Okay, so Justin Jefferson led the league with 1,809 rushing or receiving yards last year. Tyreek mm-hmm. Hill had 1,700. You know who's third in the league? Travis Kelsey, 1,338. Oh, wow. So, wow. yeah, I mean, if, if Brandon Ayuk was top five in the league in receiving yards, or just, I guess, receptions. Let me make sure that was... Sorry, no, Kelsey was third in receptions. I had the wrong tab. Mm. Um, he was eighth in yardage anyway there were three guys with over 1500 yards last year Devonte adams tyree kill and justin jefferson aj brown had just below 1496 like if if he had an aj brown stefan Diggs 1496 1429 type season and 11 touchdowns i would not be stunned like i think me he's neither. that good me too i really i stand by and i've said this on the pod probably 10 times but i'm going to say it again if he had gone to Minnesota instead of Justin Jefferson, I don't know if we're talking about him the way we talk about Justin Jefferson, but I definitely think we're talking about him in that top 10 receiver in the league conversation. Yeah. Okay. Better receiver. Debo Samuel or Brandon Ayuk? Brandon Ayuk. (laughs) Wow. Okay. So I think my take on this, I think Brandon Ayuk is better before the ball comes to him than Debo. And Debo's better okay. after he has the ball. Because Debo has to be better after he has the ball. Yeah. Right. But Debo I mean, like, be in Debo, the league if he wasn't good after the catch. Here's the thing That's Debo Samuel's one of the, 
Debo Samuel is one of the best players I've ever seen with the ball in his hands. Yes. Or at least best receiver I've ever seen with the ball in his hands. Brandon Ayuk's a really good route runner, but I can't I can't tell you with I can't tell you that Brandon Ayuk is anywhere near one of the best route runners I've ever seen. Okay. But I do think he's a better route runner than Debo is a route runner. Watch more tape. <laughs> That's all I'm gonna say. <laughs> no, you're right. He's open, he's open by so much all the time. He's a great route runner. I'm just not, yes. you know, he's not I'm not saying he's Marvin Harrison or Jerry Rice or insert your favorite route runner. Like he's a very good route runner. He just needs to do more. That's all. Okay. And I think he will. I think he's going to be no, I think he's like really, a 14, really 15, 1600 yard receiver. Yeah, no, and you think he's trash. I get it. <laughs> <laughs> no, Brandon Ayuk breakout season. That's why is is on deck. That is why he here's all the players to have a thousand yards with Kyle Shanahan or in a Kyle Shanahan offense since 2016. Julio Jones, Debo, George Kittle, and Brandon Ayuk. That's the list. Pretty good players. Yeah. And I think Josh Gordon's in there if you want to go back another year. Is he available? Can the Niners sign him? Stop. <laughs> Niners should sign I genuinely him. don't know if he is. I don't know if he's on a team. But that's our Oakley Spotlight. Brought to you by Oakley. Check out oakley.com today. Let's get to our final prediction from Connor Orr. And his final prediction is that the 49ers will lead the NFL in yards per play. So they will finish the regular season with the NFL's most efficient offense. And my gut reaction to this when I read it was, okay, that's nuts. You have the Ravens and the Bills and the Chiefs and the Eagles and all these on all these teams. The Chiefs last year led the NFL in yards per play at 6.4 yards per play. That was a full half yard ahead of Philly, Detroit, and San Francisco. But then I went back a year because I wanted to see where the when the last time was that the Chiefs didn't rank first in yards per play. And it was 2021 when the 49ers led the NFL in yards per play. So, yeah, this one, I'm, you add in the Christian McCaffrey factor, I don't care who's playing quarterback. I definitely think the 49ers can. And can you make the argument that they should lead the league in that category? That they should? I guess you could. Yeah, you probably could. Ayuk, Samuel, Kittle, McCaffrey, names. McKivitz. McKivitz. <laughs> Warner. <laughs> oh, Charlie Warner? Okay. That's him. <laughs> I was like, Fred Warner is uh, gearing him up in training camp? Um, <laughs> no, like, I'm trying to think of an intelligent take to have on this. Yeah, I absolutely think they could. I think this is probably, maybe aside from the Super Bowl prediction, the most health reliant stat like prediction on here. Because if they're really, going to the Super Bowl out of the NFC, I think that they would probably be leading the league in yards per play. Yeah, but like in order to get there, I think they they might have to have all their dudes like for you know they they can't lose. Yeah. You know they need like eighty percent of the season from. IU Kittle, McCaffrey, and Debo. Sure. And use check. And use check, unquestionably. And Trent Williams for that matter. Yeah. 
They're going to have that's like the, a- that's this that's the secret and we're going to talk about this down the line so I don't want to dive too far into it. If Trent Williams gets hurt or if any player on their offensive line gets hurt. Ugh. Yeah. Yikes. Yeah. But anyways, I understand the concerns about discussion. the 49ers offensive line. I just don't think there are a whole lot of good offensive lines in the NFL. No, 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 no. And that's why we can dive into it later. I don't want to get yeah. into it now. Yeah, but um can they lead the NFL? Yeah. Who's their quarterback? I think they should. I'm going to go out and say they should. Say, all right, let's say Brock Purdy starts 13 games. Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. They scored 30 points a game last year with Brock Purdy as a quarterback. Yeah. Yeah, I and think then, they can, and then too. If, regard, if, it's Lance, sp- if it's Trey Lance starting a bunch of games, I think the offense will be efficient in different ways. And if it's Sam Darnold, sure, man. I'm very interested to see what Trey Lance's training camp ends up looking like. I'm so fascinated, bro. Because, like, there's still, like, listeners of this podcast will know I've been, like, super optimistic about just Trey Lance in general. Mm -hmm. And my argument has always been, like, just play him and he'll develop. Mm -hmm. Which turned into, well, we're only comfortable playing him if we're running him 15 times a game and then he got hurt a couple times. Um. I still think there's like a breakout like, oh, yeah, this is what it was supposed to look like. Potential with Trey. Like, it, it's still on the table for me. I don't think he's like, I, I know it's been frustrating and like Kyle Shanahan doesn't seem overly enamored with him and he's moved on more or less to Brock Purdy. But like, as we know, Brock Purdy's one snap away. I'm just not completely out on the idea that Trey Lance could be like, oh, yeah, this is what it was supposed to look like. Because how often in the NFL, and we've seen it with the quarterback stuff with the Niners, does stuff just go off script? Like, oh, this weird, crazy CJ Beathard's out. Oh, the Niners are going to get housed by the Raiders because they have to play Nick Mullins. No, Nick Mullins ends up having one of the best games, one of the best NFL debuts by an undrafted guy we've ever seen. (laughs) So nuts. So like a Trey Lance, a scenario where Trey Lance is like doing Robert Griffin rookie year type things. Like is not, I'm not saying it's going to look like that, but just like being that kind of like out of nowhere, mm-hmm. really productive quarterback for Kyle mm-hmm. Shanahan. I cannot rule it out despite all of the weirdness that's happened with Trey Lance the last couple of years. Yeah, me neither. And that's why I said, if I don't really necessarily care who's playing quarterback. I think if you're going to have this many dudes on offense, you should have the most efficient offense in the league. What if it's Sam Darnold? Can they do it with Sam Darnold at quarterback? TBD. You've been letting it fly on Sam Darnold on Twitter. Look. (laughs) I think I don't. I don't. I don't. I understand the notion that Kyle Shanahan makes quarterbacks better. And that this will be the best situation Sam Darnold has ever been in. Ergo, you'll get the best version of Sam Darnold that we've seen. Okay, I'll buy it. But I've seen multiple... An NFL.com person and then a former coach for the 33rd team. What's his name? The 33rd team? Yeah, that's the site or the group. And it's... 
a bunch of former coaches and GMs and players, and they do writing. Uh, Mike Mike Martz, Mike Martz, oh, right, Mike. And then Adam Shine for NFL.com said that the 49ers are going to win the Super Bowl because Sam Darnold is going to start for them. <laughs> and I feel like I'm taking fucking crazy pills. <laughs> we have 55 NFL games of this guy being mostly dog shit. He has not been a good quarterback. He's completed less than 60% of his throws for his career. He has a touchdown rate that's almost identical to his interception rate. Neither is impressive. He is under seven yards per attempt for his career. And again, I understand some of these numbers might come up because of Kyle Shanahan and the Niners offense. But you're expecting me to believe that this guy who has 55 games of being bad in the NFL is going to suddenly come in and win Super Bowls for this team? When... And then in the same breath, we're going to write off Trey Lance, who has four games under his belt, four-ish games under his belt. And it's like, I've seen all I need to see. He sucks. Adam Shine propped up on NFL.com. He he props up Sam Darnold. He says the 49ers are the best roster in the NFL, two through 53. They just need to find that number one. Who's poised to man the game's most important position for San Francisco? Well, Brock Purdy is currently recovering from major elbow surgery, while, quote, Trey Lance is still struggling with the forward pass. <laughs> Follow up to that. So, in the moment, that leaves Sam Darnold as the guy. And I see that as a golden opportunity. <laughs> what? <laughs> I don't... <laughs> I so I'm with you. I'm largely with you, but can I play devil's advocate? The devil doesn't need more advocates, Chris. <laughs> Go ahead. Alex Smith. Alex Smith's numbers were horrendous his first six seasons in the NFL. Mm. I've heard puddle. Exception that proved the rule. Bang. And then <laughs> and then was in a Checkmate. favorable favorable quarterback situation with Jim Harbaugh, a good supporting cast, a good running game, um, and then went yeah. on to be really good with Andy Reid. All right, <laughs> that's fair. I, that's I'm one. With you though, like, <laughs> I'm with you. I think it's crazy. I'm very much of the opinion, like, and I I need this. I need to like this applies to Trey Lance also. As optimistic as I am about Trey Lance. I still just need to see him do it before I really believe like, oh, Trey Lance is actually good. I believe in the idea that Trey Lance can be good. But for me, even Brock Purdy, I need to see more than just what he did last season for me to feel confident that like, oh, yeah, he's the guy. Mm -hmm. Like I need to see more from every single 49ers quarterback. Like there's a world where Sam Darnold is has a Alex Smith like resurgence with the sure. Niners. Okay, yeah, yes, and this is and and I, and I want to make sure that this is abundantly clear. I get that, and I understand that. Yeah, but this notion that like, oh yeah, of course, Sam Darnold, yeah, Super Bowl quarterback, right. and the, and that's what like, I mean. Yeah. That's I, the I need to see it. Thing to me, I need yes. to see it before yeah. I'm like willing to go there. Like I, I let's acknowledge that that scenario exists. It does. But to be like, oh, yeah, this is going to happen. Like, no, we cannot do that based on what we know about Sam Darnold. He is he was signed as a third string quarterback in free agency on a cheap one year deal because no other teams wanted him. 
and I'm to believe that the 49ers just signed a surefire Super Bowl winner when there are so many other teams running what the Niners run? Doing the 49ers offense stuff? The line that Trey Lance is struggling with the th- with the forward pass is beyond disrespectful. <laughs> That's just unbelievable shit. <laughs> like, I get it. Like, yeah, Trey Lance could be a little bit more accurate. No, he's struggling with the concept of a forward <laughs> pass, which is the main job of a quarterback. He just can't wrap his mind around the forward pass concept. Just really struggling with it. Takes a snap. All the players <laughs> run away. He's like, where are you going? <laughs> what do I do? Oh, God. <laughs> that's, but that's, that, the, again, this is, this is less about the idea that Sam Darnold could figure it out with Kyle Shanahan. Like, sure. Yeah. But if you're going to just assume that while in the same breath being like, Trey Lance is toast. That's what I can't. Right. That's where I can't get. Yeah. Yeah. I'm with you on that. Anyways, good rant. I've just felt I've felt because it's all over the place. Like, oh, Sam Darnold, yeah, really good. <laughs> okay, sure, man. I guess. I the know, thing anyways. with offseason narratives is that they are so often wrong. Yeah, it's just worth keeping that in mind. Like, we have so much time on our hands to talk about offseason narratives and whatnot, and then a team that was in last place that we all thought was going to stink ends up being good. And a team that we assumed would be elite ends up being bad for a bunch of reasons. Mm-hmm. And that, that is why, you know, like you look at the off season of all these NFL teams and it's like the thing that Mike, that, that Mike Florio does every off season when he like goes through the ESPN predictions and like, and this isn't the fault of any, of any of the NFL nation writers, but they're all like, I don't know if they still do it, but they're, they've been asked to like give a season prediction before the season starts. Mm-hmm. And like Mike Florio tabulates the winning percentage of like everybody's <laughs> prediction. And yeah. you know, like three reporters will say their team's going to have a losing record. Yeah. And it's like, it's the team that's like tanking or rebuilding whatever. Right. And, and you know, often there's, there's 50% turnover in all the playoff teams. So like the, like we cannot be, beholden to off-season narratives like oh they're super important oh these are concrete because by the time games come around all that stuff can flip yeah the exact opposite direction which is why i maintain that like yeah the 49ers are super optimistic about brock purdy and you know trey lance is done maybe they'll trade him etc etc well who knows man the niners have played three three quarterbacks or started three quarterbacks in four shanahan six seasons like nobody could have predicted brock purdy would be where he is right now. And no, nobody would have predicted that the 49ers would have gone to two straight NFC championship games after making the Trey Lance deal without Lance really contributing in any substantial way to those runs. Yeah. So I just, the NFL is all about unforeseen circumstances. And so with the 49ers quarterback situation, that's why I think it's so fascinating because so much is on the table, irrespective of how it looks in May or how Kyle Shanahan is talking about it. Right. During the offseason. Right. I have no idea how any of the quarterback stuff is going to go. None. You can tell thoughts, me Brock Purdy's MVP. And ideas. You could tell me Brock Purdy's MVP of the league. I'd be like, okay, yeah, that tracks. Or Brock Purdy is Case Keenum. Yeah. Like, you it's could the tell just me either declaration. Of those it's the just 
declaration that Sam Darnold is going to be so good. I know that's part of it. You just got it. Like if you, if you really want to just like be the person getting attention on the internet, you just got to stand by your takes, man. Just have wild do... takes and stand by them. And then people are like, yeah, this is my guy. We should do a hot take show. We do. We usually do like a hot take or hot prediction show. Yeah. All right. That's happening. Speaking of off-season narratives, just this is my last thing because as you were talking about that, this this started clanging around in my head. Remember the 2021 offseason when the cap just spiked like crazy and the Patriots of all teams went on a free agency spending spree? Oh, yeah. And everybody was like, the Patriots have done it again. Oh, Bill Belichick's years, got his tight ends. After years and years of going, hey, spending big in free agency is typically not that good of an idea because you're committing money to players that teams that those players have been on don't want to commit money to. And you could wind up handcuffing yourself. But this was the year that everybody was like, Belichick and the Patriots, holy crap, Hunter Henry and Johnny Smith, and look at all these guys, and Kendrick Bourne, and watch out for the Patriots. They went 10-7 and and made the playoffs that year. <clears throat> but they lost three of their final four games and then got blown out in the playoffs against the Bills, 47-17. to Then you fast forward to last year, and they went eight and nine. And two off seasons ago, they had figured everything out and they found the market inefficiency. It just, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, it, every year there's unforeseen stuff that happens in the NFL. I can't wait to keep making preseason prognostications. <laughs> I don't know why Brandon Allen can't start for this team. Brandon Allen. The only thing stopping him from starting Cincinnati was Joe Burrow. Just lighting up the Raiders defense in joint practices. We all assume it's between Trey Lance and Sam Darnold, but a third face. Greg Papa is going to say this. Greg Papa and T-Rock are going to say this on a preseason broadcast. Book this. Write this down. As a thrower of the football, Brandon Allen might be the best quarterback on the Niners roster. That's going to get said at some point. Something about Brandon Allen as a thrower of the football is going to happen. Just in terms of spinning it, I'm not talking about playing quarterback. I'm not talking about <laughs> playing quarterback. It's in terms of spinning it. Nobody's better on the, guy on the practice field. Nobody's better. looks great. All right. That's all I have for today. I ended up Got being a longer else? pod than I was expecting. Yeah, same. Same. Let's get out of here. Thanks, everybody, so much for listening. Thank you to Oakley, our sponsor. Check out oakley.com right now. We appreciate everybody for subscribing, rating, and reviewing. That does wonderful things for the pod, by the way. When you rate and review, that's just not just for our ego. That uh, that helps the pod. It helps boost it. helps people see it. And it helps get us uh, out there. And that's awesome. So appreciate everybody who does that. And we will talk to you next time. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.